0: Okay, it's December, and we're all preparing to enter the land of the Christmas season. Decorations are to be hung, presents to be bought and wrapped, food prepared, Christmas cards to be sent out, parties to attend, all in preparation to enter the Christmas season. But the Israelites are preparing too. They're getting ready and preparing themselves to enter the promised land. And God's concerned. God's concerned about what the people might do when, when they get into the new promised land. So Moses, God gave Moses instructions for the people before they enter. They are rules and obligations to keep them from straying. Now, I already described to you the environment that they're moving into. They will be surrounded by these different customs and beliefs and religious practices. These instructions are to keep them focused on their God and not the gods of the people who occupy the land. For Israel, this is a new day. A new day in their promised land, but there is a warning given to them before they enter. God knew His people well. He knew that they had a tendency to assimilate into the culture that surrounded them. He knew that they will be tempted to stray from His ways. As Deuteronomy says, "When you enter the the land the Lord your God has given you, you do not learn to do not learn to imitate the detestable ways." Of the nations there. Don't get sucked into the environment. God is saying. The nations you will dispossess. Listen to those who practice. Sorcery and divination. Deuteronomy goes on to say. The Lord your God will raise up for you. A prophet like me. One of them. And you must listen to him. And what's the prophet? Uh, he says, and it's very important for us to recognize this. It's a prophet like me among our, your brothers and sisters. He's like one of us. Those prophets will not be from the nations around them. The promise to Israel is that God will have an intimate relationship with God, with his people. The covenant relationship was to be seen and kept amidst all the changes that are going on around them. As they enter the promised land, God knew that they were going to be facing many changes. Which could affect their relationship with God. Therefore, they needed a prophet to protect them and to guide them. Now, what are these changes? Well, one They had a whole new political development, whole new political environment. They had a a way of running their country, their people. And now they're moving into a country that runs their people in a totally different way. Private life. There are going to be changes in their private life behind closed doors. These changes become challenges. Challenges. They needed, again, a personal and individual connection with their God. It's not enough to have all the rules and regulations. It's not enough to have a worship of their God. They needed more. They needed a personal contact with God. The ritual rites of the priests would be insufficient for the individual. You see, priests were for the community community for a given specific time like national worship and, and times to have the, offer their sacrifices. Prophets spoke at all times to the individual. Prophets were to the person. Prophets spoke on life issues, day-to-day issues. Priests were for the nation and prophets were for the people. Sorcery and divination were the means by which the people around them sought a word from their God. So what's sorcery and divination? The heathen ways of the world seem more practical, though, to Israel. It's easier to just assimilate, go along. The wisdom of the world seems much more available to us. We see and hear it everywhere. Like the Israelites, we often follow the ways Of our society it's just right there easy to grab a hold of or get influenced by get pulled in the prophet is the one who enables the Israelites to steer clear of the practices of sorcery and divination okay sorcery literally it's an observer of times one who pretends to foretell future future events by present circumstances. A sorcerer predicts great political or physical or religious changes that are coming by observing the planets or eclipses. Eclipses were a big thing. So if eclipse came, then there was going to be messages. That was the messages for the God, or they looked at the motions of the clouds and that would tell them something about what's coming up. It's a sign we have sorcerers, believe it or not, every day. Sorcerers of today, they, they predict when Jesus will return uh, or the end of the world. And I, over my lifetime, I have heard so many predictions about when Jesus is coming. So many times that uh, the end of the world is obviously here. Um, you know, there are countless books and movies predicting the a- Apocalypse. One thing I guess I missed out on in my ministry is that I should have written a book on the end times and I'd be a millionaire by now. <laughs> you know, I've noticed whenever one of these sorcerers, they would predict the date when Jesus is coming or the date when the world is coming to an end. It's so amazing that nothing ever happens on that day. It's the same day as it was the day before. Politicians do it. Friends do it. Colleagues at work. Family members. Religious leaders predicting what is going to happen if such and such happens because of the certain events. It's happening today. People that look on Russia and Ukraine and Israel and Hamas. Oh, The world may be coming to an end or Jesus is coming. Well, we have the idea that, um, well, that's one of the issues. But then there's divination. (laughs) Divination is one who endeavors to find out the future of auguries or casting of lots. Divination is practiced everywhere. Now, what's auguries? Well, we have them today. And what's an augury today? Well, we have those old, you know, myths that a broken mirror gives you seven years of bad luck. That's an augury. Or if you walk under a ladder, you're in trouble. That's an augury. We look at those things, too. I I can't tell you how many people that uh, won't let you walk under a ladder or you see a black cat, uh, you know, walk in front of you on the 13th, <gasps> something bad's going to happen. You know, well that doesn't happen. That's an augury. And yet we hear Jesus say these words, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's probably the wisest Sentence I've ever heard for people today and not even religious people. Just worry about today. Deal with the things of today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why a prophet for us? Because all these false prophets are around us today. Many changes occur in our lives, especially when we enter Another land and what are some of these lands well if you get a new job you walk into a new job you have someone usually come up to you and says let me show you the ropes the problem is you better check out those ropes you might end up doing something you shouldn't be doing in the company or the first some of you maybe can't remember when this was but the first time you go off to college and look at all the activities and the things that you could be involved in and do. And it's in those environments that often we end up doing things we wish we had never done. High school freshmen. Can anybody remember that time? It was scary. You're going in with the big kids. And then you have the sophomores and juniors picking on you and pushing you around. And sometimes you just go along with what they're telling you because you don't want to get pushed around anymore. You don't want to be the one singled out. That's a tough time. That's a tough choice. And that's where you need that prophet. It says to you, no, back off. Don't do it. We need that personal, intimate relationship. We need that prophet. What do we encounter when we enter our promised land? Notice that even though Israel is to enter the land God promised for them, they were still to encounter difficulties, temptations, and danger. The mistake we have today, that mistake we make, is assuming that if, if it's God's will for us to enter whatever land it is, It'll be a paved way. No troubles. Wrong. Along the way are many opportunities for danger and detours and demons to to ruin our stay. The prophet is the one among us who keeps us on the right path. The prophet is the one who reminds us of our errors and calls for us to return to the Lord. Now, like Israel... We don't always listen to the prophet. We don't want to listen to the prophet. You see, the the prophet is not a futurist. It's a messenger of God's word. God's will to us in our environment, in our land. Now, who could that prophet be? As we talked about angels. Prophet could be anybody. It could be a minister. A lot of times it's a friend. Someone who's willing to talk to you and say hey buddy this is not good you need to back off you need to stop doing what you're doing that's a prophet I'll tell you the best prophets that I've ever run into are grandmothers they have so much experience and so much advice for their brood They want to take care of their children, but they want to take care of their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren, and they have all this advice. And some of the advice is because they had done something that messed their life up, and they don't want their grandkids to do the same thing. She can be a prophet. Could be a spiritual mentor, a, a dear friend in church. Maybe some of you are prophets to somebody. Someone who keeps you focused and holds you accountable. All of us, I think, need someone that holds us accountable. We all need these prophets as we enter new lands. New lands of discovery as we go to a new city. New lands of change. New challenges. New relationships. We run into someone who as a young person, we're wanting to date. Maybe we thought that they would be someone who would be special in our life. Again, be careful. I've, I've run into many of people who have told people, say, you know, that guy, he there's something wrong with him. And they tell her and tell her and tell her she ends up marrying him and it's a disaster. And what does she say? I wish I'd listened to him. New family obligations. Children are are will change our priorities. Uh, you know, we laugh about that, but I had, I had a counseling session with a premarital counseling session with a couple that were really active in the world and the society and everything. They were, wonderful uh, young couple. Well, we got on the subject of children. And do you want children? Oh yeah, we want them too, you know. And I said, well, you know, it's gonna be a big challenge. Oh no, they're not gonna change my life. (laughs) I'd like to talk to them now. (laughs) Or maybe it's a land of opportunity, a new job. That's a real temptation a new job I knew a man that was being offered a huge opportunity in Dallas he was going to almost double his salary it was a, a, a type of job that he's always wanted to do and he was like this close to saying yes but there was a little voice inside that said back off back off and he listened and he backed off and said no Within a month, the company collapsed and started laying off everybody. His prophet said, back off. And he listened. So many mistakes are made at our fun times. Christmas is a perfect example for... For these challenges, there's so many temptations and so many distractions, and we do need a prophet to guide us through Christmas, help us to stay on track. We're not really thinking straight sometimes. We become distracted by the season, and we lose our focus. We still need to enjoy it, don't get me wrong. I love Christmas, and I think we need to enjoy Christmas, but be careful about what it pulls you into. Christmas is a time to also re-examine our lives and a time to get back on track. It's time to remember why we are here and where we are going. While we're here and where we are going. Christmas is the realization of that original promise. I will raise up among you a prophet. The true prophet among us is Jesus. And yes, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is more than that. He's the reason for our life. Amen.